I guess it's appropriate to get the, the astrological stuff out of the way first. Around 6, 7, common era, there is reported to have been a nova or constellation of stars in the sky that gave a brilliance to the earth below. So that could have been the star. The star could also have been the fulfillment of a prophecy from a non-believer whose name was Balaam. His, the people of Israel were in conflict with Balaam's king and Balaam says to this seer, do something to destroy the Israelites. And Balaam goes into ecstasy as the prophets did and says, I see a star, and a star is coming from Bethlehem, and it is giving rise to a leader and a shepherd. Therefore, we can't hurt the Israelites. And there are many other scientific slash theological slash historical possibilities, but that's not what we're here for. We're here because the astrology of the skies and the faith of people on earth come together today with the intention of doing God's will in a very special way. And the scriptures come together and they give us a nice overview of what God's will is. On this, the feast of the epiphany, the showing out of glory is what the word means. Going back to Isaiah, the people of Israel were in one of their captivities and they're finally returning home from Babylon, present day Iraq. They're coming home and when they get there, the place is a mess. It had been destroyed. Even the temple was nothing. What does Isaiah do? Isaiah is inspired by God to tell these people, hey, hope. Rise up in splendor. Your light has come. Now imagine, they're looking at nothing. We, as Americans, can look in our Midwest recently with the hurricanes and the tornadoes and now in Colorado with the, 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 the fires. Imagine being there in those geographic locations and some special character says, oh, oh, don't worry about it. Rise up. Everything will be fine the glory of the Lord will be around you. You see the darkness that covers the earth and, and, and all this that covers the people? Over you, God's glory appears. What a discerning message they experience. It was probably a confusion for the Israelites. And if we spoke those words to the people of the Midwest, more confusion. How disconcerting they must have been when they hear, the people of Israel, hear positive over all this negativity. And isn't that God? Isn't that the way he works? In the midst of disaster, he gives us hope. And this happened years before Jesus ever came on the scene. But still, it was the, the way God operated in history. Out of disaster, hope. And
And we as Christians look at the crucifixion as the ultimate disaster that gives us hope because it didn't end with the crucifixion. It ended in resurrection. It ended in new life. That's why we're here. Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Not for the star, not for the magi. We're here because Jesus is alive. And now we as people go back into his history and we remember certain things that led up to his coming. Bethlehem and now Judea. And when the magi, the, they're astrologers, seers, magicians, it's a, it's a very, uh, a magus was a very um, interesting character that people trusted. They read the signs of the times, they read the stars. There, there was a value for them in history and people trusted them. So when they, the magus, the magi, the plural, come to, and we don't know how many there were. You know, we give them names even, but we know they brought gifts. And the gifts are interesting because they reflect Isaiah and the first reading when Isaiah is encouraging the people of Israel, be hopeful because your kingdom that is a mess right now will be the star of the world. People will come from all over the world and they'll bring you gifts. Some will bring you gold and some will bring you frankincense and they will proclaim the glory of God. So when Matthew puts his story together, probably heard it from Mary or one of the family members, he probably said to himself, wow, that fulfills Isaiah, gold and frankincense. And, and this is Jesus that we believe is God, man, and as man he died and he was entombed. And when the women went to the tomb, this is all afterwards, when the women went to the tomb and he had resurrected, they were probably carrying myrrh to anoint the body. So I'm going to add that to it just to teach the people in 2022 how the scriptures get fulfilled. And so we hear the history of Jesus' events and the Magi, Magi go to Herod. Now Herod was the ultimate terrorist. He was the, uh, a person who really wanted to, wanted to annihilate anybody who got in his way. If you read recent history, we have a few of them, ethnic cleansing leaders in our history as a nation and the world. And we sob over that. We're amazed that people would do that to, to try to erase an ethnicity. But Herod was trying to do that. He was trying to erase any competition of a Messiah, the answer to the prayers of the people of Israel. So he, what does he do? He's a manipulator. And we know what manipulators do. They become friendly with their victims. And they, and they prepare them. They groom them, we say. And then they attack. Well, before he could attack, he says, go, go, Go to Bethlehem because my, my scripture scholars say from Micah, uh, a prophet or some special person is going to be born in Bethlehem who will shepherd his people. Go, go to Bethlehem and, and meet the kid and his family and, and get word back to me when you've met them. 
Because I too will go respect them. And you know his intention was to destroy them. So God intervenes and says to the Magi in some way, go home a different route, don't go back to Herod. Avoid, what do we say as Catholics, the near occasions of sin. Avoid evil. Go away from it. Don't join it. Don't engage it. Go away from temptation. Go away from anything that promises a false promise. And they go back to another route. When they arrived at Bethlehem, it was a house. That's why we think it was around, Jesus probably was around anywhere between three and five years old at that point. It was years after he was born. I know we as sort of Catholics and I think all Christians got involved with reproducing imagery of the nativity. And we always put the, the Magi in there, like ours outside. We put the Magi in there. But, but that's for us. That's not history. That's to teach us. And, and the message, what's the message that it's trying to teach us? Well, the scriptures, again, gratefully apply. Ephesians tells us, The message has been known to us. It's been revealed that all people are the recipients of the message. All people are members of the same body. All people are co-partners in the promise of Christ. This is the day of the revelation of God to the world to remove all prejudice and hate, to remove all segregation and separation. Well, what about, what about the Muslims? They don't believe Jesus. And our job is to impress them, evangelize them, with our person and our message. What about the atheists? They don't believe in God. Our example is to be epiphanias, to be lights to them, to reveal through faith and kindness and action what knowing God is all about. It's a beautiful little picture. You see it on your Christmas cards. You see it in the presepio, in the, in, the, in the creche that we have set up in all our homes. But the message is far deeper. It's not just dressing up a bunch of kids like we did at our pageant, beautifully, or a bunch of statues and put crowns on them and put Mary with a smiley face and a blue veil. That's not the message. The message is the revelation of God to all people and that all people are members of this revelation and recipients of this revelation. So the people who don't believe, the people who hate us as Catholics are still called to part of that revelation. And you and I, through our example and our words, give rise to that revelation. Make it fruitful and real. Oh, it's great to recall the actions of God in history. It's great to recall the, the, the biological and family heritage of Jesus. That's wonderful. Makes you feel nice. Makes me feel nice. But the full message is work. The revelation of the message to bring equality and justice to all people. And there's no room in the world 
But it's there because the world often has the grip of Satan. There's no room in the world for hatred and prejudice. There's no room for, for phrases that knock people out of society. There's no room for greed and hate and them and us. It's not me, it's God saying all people are to be co-heirs and members of the same body. Should I say here it is 19, excuse me, 2022 and we haven't done it yet? completely in God's time it will be done but it's going to get done through you and me through our actions through our influence through our conversations when we go home when we sit at a restaurant when we cross the street when we see poverty and we see disaster when we get moved by fires when we get upset about someone else being killed in the street through prayer and action we're there for the other person because he she or they are members of the same body this revelation today is for us to enlighten us to God's word in our society it would have been great to be able to read these readings and say, see, they're all fulfilled. Everybody's getting along. Everybody respects each other. We're not allowing prejudice. We're not allowing poverty. We're not allowing hunger. It would be great. See, so we can, we can go on. Now is the time for the Messiah to return because we're ready. We've done our job. Everything is complete. Well, there's a long wait for that to happen. So we wait and we hope and we pray and through our actions, we try to put into concrete form the method, message of epiphany. The shedding of God's light, the manifestation of God's light to all people. We got a hold on the market, we're Catholics. We, we got a hold on the market because we say, well, he came to us and we're still part of that same historical church that Jesus founded on the apostles. But because of that gift, we have more responsibilities to go into the world, the non-Catholics, the non-believers, the antagonists, and stand up. As a matter of fact, what would Isaiah say? Rise up in splendor. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. We will remove the thickness of the clouds of hate and prejudice and poverty and greed. And then the Lord will come.